So at this time, we're going to have um, Pastor Mark Andresen come up. A lot of us know Pastor Mark. He actually has been one of our missions partners. He works with Dare to Share Ministries now out in Colorado. And so I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to let you guys have one of our, our church favorites, our church family, come on up. So if you want to give him a, a round of applause as he comes this morning. Thanks, Chris. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, as uh, Chris mentioned, my name is Mark, and uh, my wife is Kim. Kim's right there. Um, and then my mother-in-law is here, Marilee. And then Jonathan, I think, is somewhere in the building. Is that right? Okay, he's downstairs probably. Uh, there are some photos, recent photos of our family. Uh, this is our home church. We're excited to be back here, but we are based out of Colorado. Um, and uh, for the last couple of weeks, I've been in town. Some of you saw me. I was here two weeks ago uh, with some guests. In fact, I was in town uh, hosting some international youth leaders, uh, some um, high-impact, high-potential youth leaders from four nations around the world. And we had a wonderful week, week and a half of training, intensive training, and strategizing to help them go back and to launch youth-led evangelism movements in their nations. In fact, one of the men, Stephen from Nigeria, um, he flew home to Nigeria on Monday, but just on Friday was able to go to his village because there was some, some sort of hostile attack, and he said 180 people were killed. Uh, just really put it in perspective. Uh, this guy just two weeks ago was in this church worshiping with us, and uh, less than two weeks later, he could not actually enter his home village because 180 people had been killed. Uh, it kind of puts it into perspective, but he is one of the dynamic leaders I've been blessed to uh, invest in and help him plan and dream and strategize for how he can equip churches in the entire nation of Nigeria to mobilize their youth to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it was an exciting week, week and a half, and then Kim and Jonathan flew in, and we've been on vacation for the last week, um, just seeing friends and family. And I'm excited that on our last day in Chicago that we're with you today. Uh, the other thing that happened over the last couple of weeks is uh, a lot of people, um, apparently, uh, many of you that know me know that I wasn't always skinny Mark, right? Some of you know I, I was uh, quite heavy. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been several people that have tried to get me back to where I was. Um, I, I've had Chicago deep dish pizza three times. I've had Portillo's four times. I keep telling people, I like Skinny Mark. I want Skinny Mark to stay. But uh, the international guys were here. I said, hey, you got to go to Portillo's, and you got to get the cheesy beef. You know, took them, and all of them had it, and were just blown away by it. But being that I was hosting them, it's my responsibility to also partake of that fine, <laughs> fine Chicago fare. So anyhow, it's great to be back here and have good food and be with friends and family, and especially to be with you today. Uh, last week, it's my understanding that Pastor Jim shared a message with you based on Acts chapter 2, talking about the person of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, you could say that it's by coincidence, but I think it would be wrong to say that. I think it's by providence that God put a message on my heart out of Acts chapter 3 that really looks at the person of the Holy Spirit and how he can empower Christians to show and share Jesus Christ with their world, with their circle of influence. So this morning, I want to share a message with you called Begging for Beauty. Begging for Beauty. It's going to be based on Acts chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 12. 
then we'll hop to verse 16, and then skip over to 19 through 20. I believe all of that's going to be on your screen. But if you follow along, this is a tremendously beautiful narrative of how the Holy Spirit empowered Peter and John to do some amazing things. I believe within this historical narrative that there are three ways, at least three ways, that the Holy Spirit empowered these men to show and share Jesus with others. And I believe, because we serve the same God and the same indwelling Holy Spirit, desires to make Christ known, that those three truths, those three uh, principles are for us today. And so my message primarily is for those that call themselves Christians, those that are part of the body of Christ, the family of faith. But I do also pray for anyone else here today that you would experience Christ, that you would open your heart and receive this gift. So I pray this message is for you as well. Begging for beauty. Let's go and turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. If you have a different translation, uh, enjoy that. Notice the differences. Go back this week and study that. I believe my translation is New International Version. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him. As did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly... The man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness... We had made this man walk. Verse 16. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. You could also put here the word authority. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Repent. And that word simply means to change your mind, your way of thinking. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 
and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Again, I believe in this historical account there are three ways the Holy Spirit empowered Peter and John to show and share Christ with this man. I believe these three truths will impact your life today. Let's pray and then dig in. Is that okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful narrative, this historical account. After your Holy Spirit came at the day of Pentecost and was poured out on these early disciples, early followers, not only were they empowered on that day, but they were empowered to live a bold Christian faith moving forward. And that here at the temple, at a gate with a name beautiful, was an ugly beggar who experienced a physical and spiritual transformation. I pray, Lord, as we look at this text, as we hear stories and illustrations, that your Holy Spirit would open our minds and our hearts to see you in a new and fresh way, and that we, like Peter and John, would be empowered to live out our faith so others can know Jesus Christ. So, Lord, help us to focus now. Inspire us and motivate us. In Jesus' name, amen. First, I believe the Holy Spirit allows us to see like Christ. The Holy Spirit allows Christians to see others like Christ. Verse 4 of our text says this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. In the original language... This word here means to stare intensely, to fixate, to lock one's eyes on something or someone. You might use the word gawk, to stare. Some of you know this story. This happened to me years ago, and I cannot even tell you exactly where it happened. But I was entering into a supermarket, and, and as I was going in, someone was coming out. And I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw the biggest nose I had ever seen on this planet. And in that crosswalk zone right there in front of the store, time stood still. I got that tunnel vision. Everything over here was foggy. And I just fixated on this guy's nose. I mean, I had never seen a sniffer that large. I mean, it was ginormous. It was Geppetto's best work. Do you remember Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street? I know what inspired that character. I mean, I was fixated. I, I, I literally think I just stood right there and just gawked at this guy. And then my mind wondered, and I thought, what happens when he blows that thing? I thought about the wind velocity. I thought about the amount of tissue he used. And I just, I, I was just, I could not believe it. And now you're going to think, I'm making this up. But at that moment, as I was fixated on him out of the clear blue sky, a raindrop fell and splashed right on my nose and woke me up out of that trance. And then, of course, I, I, I just repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I, who am I to judge? Who am I to stare? And I've got my own issues. And uh, I just went on my way. I would say it's a little bit of what the author of Acts is talking about. You see, no doubt Peter and John, every day as faithful Jewish men, went to the temple. In fact, our text is specific. What time was it? It was 3 o'clock. 
Every day that's their routine. And every day they saw this same man, this crippled man who would beg at the gate, which was known by the name Beautiful. They saw that man all the time. But something happened that day where the Holy Spirit opened their eyes and they were fixated on him and saw him with compassion and purpose. They saw him in a new way. And they stopped from their busyness, from their well-intended plans. And they approached him as Christ would approach him. I think of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. One of my favorite passages in Scripture. It says this, Therefore, since we, those in Christ, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race, the race of faith marked out for us. Fixing our eyes, that is our entire life, our entire focus, our energies, our thoughts, our desires. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Or if you like another translation, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, I believe that if we focus our hearts, if we focus our lives, if we give our time and energies and focus them on Christ we will in turn see others as Christ sees them. Does that make sense? Because when your heart and your desire and your motives are focused on knowing Christ, you begin to see others the way he sees them. And it transforms the way you live. You begin to live intentionally. You begin to persevere and persist in your faith journey. You begin to notice others. One way you can do this, one way you can see others like Christ, and I think probably the most profound way you can see others through this new lens is by praying for them. And I would use the term intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer means that you are simply praying for someone or praying on their behalf. So often we can go to the Lord with our prayer needs. God, help me with this. Lord, I need this. I need that. I don't want that. I don't like that. God, where are you? And those are great prayers. But if we want to show and share Jesus Christ with the world around us, whether they're friends or family, whether it's the person at the checkout, whether it's someone at the barista at, at the local cafe, if we begin to pray for them, we are fixing our eyes on Christ. We are orientating ourselves to the person of Christ and what Christ desires for them. Pray for their blessing. Pray for their health. Pray for their family. You may not know what to pray. That's okay. Pray that their hearts would be open to the Lord. Pray that you would have an opportunity to talk with them about Jesus Christ. You may know them. You may not know them. Pray for them anyway. Sometimes I'll approach people and I'll say, can I pray with you or can I pray for you? And they're like, they look at me kind of odd. I say, well, if there's something you're going through right now, I, I would love to pray with you. But if that makes you feel uncomfortable, at a later time, I can also pray for you. Kind of gets them off the hook, depending if they feel awkward or not. 
Most times people say, please do, and here's what you can pray about. I want to challenge you today, those of you in the Christian faith, to begin to see others like Christ, and I think the easiest way to begin to see them in this new way is to pray for them. Secondly, the Holy Spirit empowers Christians to give like Christ, to give like Christ. Verse 6 of our text says this. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. I would say that too, by the way. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Some of you also know this story. Uh, several years ago, Kim and I were serving in China. And in the particular city we lived in, there was um, probably the most well-known government-regulated church um, and from time to time, Kim, would, Kim and I would visit that church. It was very well known. This is where tourists would go. Um, and we just wanted to go and, and, and worship with Chinese people and be a part of the culture. And so we would take a taxi. The taxi would drop us off, and we'd have to walk this long alleyway before the door of the church. And every Sunday, before and after service, in that long alleyway, Beggars would line up, crippled people, paraplegics, quadriplegics, amputees, homeless people. Uh, it was a very difficult sight to see. And they would line up one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other, so that you could not avoid them. And there were times when, when the taxi let us out, and I knew I had to walk that gauntlet. I had to go that road to get into the church. And I wrestled with a variety of emotions and feelings and feeling uncomfortable. But one of the emotions, one of the feelings I had was this sense of helplessness. What good can I do? And I remember one time I made the mistake of giving one of them some money. Well, that created a ruckus because the others fought over that. And I said, wow, what little good I could do has now caused more harm. And so I felt helpless. I didn't know what to do. I was very frustrated by the experience. Um, and I just, I began praying and asking the Lord what to do. I, what can I do? And Kim and I noticed that there was a fruit vendor nearby, a guy that operated a cart and sold mandarin oranges. And so we said, that's what we're going to do. And so as soon as the taxi would let us out, we'd go over there, we'd buy a whole basket full of oranges. And whether it was before or after service, we would go and give each of them some fruit. And then we would say, Yesu, I need Jesus loves you. Or we'd say something else to them about Jesus Christ, one after the other. And it was interesting because I went from this sense of helplessness to just in a very simple, practical way, giving them something they needed and caring for them and blessing them in the name of Jesus. You know, it's what's true of that church is true of this church. You just don't see it. All around us, there are people lined up begging for something better longing for something, someone better. And they know and expect that the church of Jesus Christ should have something for them. You might not see them. They might not openly have their hands out. But there are people all around us that are begging for something beautiful. And it's the person of Jesus Christ. We can't give what we don't have. 1 John 4, 19 tells us, we love because he first loved us. And if you're here today and you say, you know, I really want to share my faith. I really want to show others the love of Jesus Christ. I just don't know how to do that. I don't know what to give them. 
ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you. To reveal his love and his mercy, his grace, his truth into your life so that it can pour out and bless others. One of the simplest things you can do to give like Christ is care for basic needs. Care for people. Not only can you pray for them, but you could care for them as Christ would lead you. The Holy Spirit desires to reveal that to you. To show you what they need and how to reach their needs. Whether it's listening to them, whether it's praying for them or with them, whether it's helping them out financially. Whatever it is, the person of the Holy Spirit desires to show us how to give like Christ. How to be generous like Christ. How to care for those around us. Do you know we're all thirsty souls trying to get a sip at the trough of grace? All of us are at that trough. We want some grace. The problem is, if you're in the family of faith, sometimes you can get so consumed and so focused on you and what you want to get out of church, what you want to get out of your relationship. You forget there are other people that haven't come to that trough yet. And they're thirsty. And they're hungry. And they want something. They may not know what it is. But you do, and it's a person of Jesus Christ. So begin to ask the Holy Spirit to show you how to give like Christ. To give of your time, to give of your energy, to give of your finances, to give of your heart. To care for others as Jesus would care. Now there's a third thing I see in the text. See like Christ, give like Christ, and then thirdly, connect to Christ. Connect to Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us connect our praying and our caring to the person of Jesus Christ. Verse 11 in our text says this, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. This was a section of the temple. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? By faith, or trust in the name of Jesus, in the authority or the power of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can see. Repent, that is change your thinking then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. So interesting because Peter and John, could have, they could have taken all the credit. The accolades could have been theirs. They could have said, well, yeah, that was pretty cool. But they used that opportunity where they saw like Christ and they gave like Christ. And there was a transformation. They used that opportunity to connect everyone to Jesus Christ. So often we can do wonderful things to help our world. We can pray for them, we can care for them, but sometimes we forget to share the gospel with them. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, those that are in the family of faith have the message and ministry of reconciliation. That is what we say and what we do can help people reconnect with their heavenly father through the person of Jesus Christ. But just like an airplane needs two wings, we need two wings. We need to show and tell, say and do. And so while you can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how he wants you to interact with that person, and you can give of your time and your energies, you can give of your resources, care for someone, 
we have to be able to connect them to Christ. How do we do that? We share a simple gospel message in the context of conversation. The ministry that I'm working with now is called Dare to Share, and we help students have conversations, not presentations. No one wants a presentation. No one wants a PowerPoint on why they should accept Jesus. They want a conversation. So we, we have a simple tool. Many of the youth that, that um, were here at Lamont when I was the youth pastor, they know this. I've taught this over the years. It's very simple. We use the acrostic gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. I don't have it on the screen, but you can find it on our website. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. When I share this, I, I tell people, well, they separate us from each other too. God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. As sins cannot be removed by good deeds. They can't be removed. They cannot be hidden. They cannot be made right by our good deeds. Every religious structure, every ism on this planet says that if you do this, you get that. But the reality of this sin cannot be removed by our good deeds. P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. He paid the price. E, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Everyone who trusts in Christ alone has eternal life. L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. We tell people, Jesus saves you from the hell you are going to and the hell you may be going through. Amen? It's a simple gospel message. I want to challenge you to share that message with others. To share and connect them to Christ. Another tool that we use at Dare to Share is the cause circle. Some of you know this as well. Where we put these three elements together. Prayer, care, and share. Do we have that video? I have a short video. It's a simple tool for you to begin to use in your life with your circle of influence. Let's go ahead and cue that video. Are we going to get it? It's going to play? It's not there? Maybe it didn't? Okay. Well, there it is. That was the shortest video today. Um, that video is on, on YouTube. It's on our website as well. It's called The Cost Circle. I'll take just a moment. Uh, in your life, you have a circle of influence. Friends, family members, uh, online, social friends, those that you interactive at, interact with at work. Uh, that's your circle of influence. That's your cause circle. The cause of making Christ known. And I want to challenge you that you pray, care, and share Christ with them. You pray, care, and share. As you see them, uh, like Christ would see them, the Holy Spirit will show you how to pray for them. As you give of your time and energy, you can care for them and their needs. The Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And then share Christ with them. Connect them to Christ by having a simple gospel conversation with them. And then you know what? You just do that over and over and over again. There may be someone in your life that you say, you know, I'm praying for them, and they're not even opening, open to have a conversation, but I'll keep praying for them. Well, do it. Keep praying, but keep going through that circle, and then God's going to do great things in the lives of those you care about. Amen?
Three things. We can see like Christ, we can give like Christ, and we can connect others to Christ. I want to conclude our time in prayer, and I want to pray specifically for three categories of people. Beggars, broken people, and believers. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that there are people here begging for morsels of hope. There are people here, I don't know where they're at on the spectrum of, of faith. I don't know where they're at in their spiritual journey. If they have yet to trust in Christ or they've been journeying with Christ for decades. But I know there are people here begging and longing for you to answer prayer. Hoping for a miracle. A miracle in their own lives, in their finances, in their marriages. A miracle with their children. A miracle in the lives of their grandchildren. Lord, I ask that just as this lame beggar encountered the power of the Spirit outside a gate called beautiful, that anyone in every room, anyone and everyone in this room today who is longing and begging for more of you, Lord, that they would experience you in a new way, that you would bring hope, that you would bring healing, that you would bring transformation, that they would jump with joy and they would share the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Lord, whatever it may be, whatever burden may be in their heart, whatever ailment in their body, I pray right now, Lord, that you would do a miracle. Secondly, Lord, I pray for those that are broken, broken in spirit, those that are spiritually broken, who desire a sip of grace. Lord, I pray today that they would realize that all of us have fallen short of your glory. We do not meet your standard of perfection. But that while we were sinners, Christ came and died for us. That he rose again and he intercedes on our behalf. He prays for us. He is doing spiritual battle on our behalf. Lord, for those people here today, I pray that that simple gospel message, that pure message of faith, that pure message of trust in Jesus Christ, that it would resonate with their hearts and minds. Maybe for years they've tried to earn their salvation. They've tried to earn happiness, tried to earn meaning. They have been begging and longing for something more beautiful. I pray today that they would acknowledge their brokenness and acknowledge that Christ alone is the one who saves. That it is by grace that we are saved, not by our good works. I ask God that your Holy Spirit would work in them right now and that they would know and sense in a real way that they have been gifted, given salvation. They are now entered into the family of God and they have a new relationship with you. And Heavenly Father, I pray finally for the believers in the room. I pray that they would hunger and long for the Holy Spirit to empower them so that they can begin to see others like Christ slow down from their busy routine and notice others as your Spirit opens their heart and mind and ears and eyes to the world around them. I pray, Lord, for the Christians in this room that you would challenge them to give like Christ, to give hope and purpose, whether it be through a kind word, listening to a friend, praying with someone, giving financially to help. And I pray, Lord, not only would they see and give, but that they would connect others to Christ. Lord, I pray that you would challenge every believer in here to pray, care, and share for those in their circle of influence. And that, Lord, there would be people in awe of you 
there would be people who discover you this week through your church, through your people. God, we trust in you, and we're asking for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you.